0: the following resources presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America.
1: Welcome to Z-Pod, an Outreach Ministry of Identity Matters podcast. Z-Pod is focused on addressing the worldview issues relating to the Millennial Generation, and their children, Generation Z. Our new podcast series reveals the importance of the indwelt believer knowing and understanding who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us today, and welcome to Z-Pod with Dr. Stephen Finney. This is part B. The word shudder, it means properly to be rough, uneven, jaggedy, with bristly hair, to bristle, to stand on end, as the hair does in a fight, and then to shudder or quake with fear. Fear does not produce good works or a holy life. Even though it reveals a kind of faith and belief, it manifests itself in the basics of that which demons believe. And consequently, it confesses that the existence of, a, of mere faith was not all that was necessary for true indwelling salvation. Or to make it certain that believers, in quotes, would be secure in an authentic born-again experience. Reality is, listen carefully, if believing is all it took, demons could be justified and saved by it. Now we're going to bring it to the justice scale. If today, in this culture today, that demons carry a stronger belief than humans, And demons can't be saved by this belief of one God. How in the world can we expect humans to experience the type of salvation that brothers like Billy Graham and thousands of other preachers and teachers worldwide spent their whole lives evangelizing to lead people to the day of their salvation. We have now entered into what the researchers call the post-truth era. If that doesn't sting you a little bit, pray against that numb brain of yours. Because we are entering an era where the church age is retiring And a lukewarm Laodicean church is being birthed that no longer has even the convictions that demons have. Here's what Satan does not want you to believe. Satan wants you to betray, number one, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Go read your research books. You're going to find out that that is a leading thing that Gen Z does not support anymore. They may believe that Jesus Christ existed, but they don't believe he's from the seed of the Heavenly Father. It's what separates true Christianity from any other kind of religion. They want you to betray believing that Jesus died on the cross for you. That he washed away all of your sins. That he truly forgave you. The number one reason why people go on psychotropic drugs to control their depression is because they don't believe this. The world today is quick to put them on a pill that retards the brain synapse, the nerve synapse, that stops conviction from getting to the other piece of the nerve to carry that message to the brain or back coming the other way that you need to be forgiven for something you're harboring. I can break this down in science for you if you want to give me a 602. It's easy. The enemy has literally put together a system that retards conviction and guilt that god wants it to be there so that you will claim the fact that jesus christ died on the cross for you and he cleansed you from all of your sins we have psycho babbled jesus christ into nothingness Satan also wants you to betray believing that Jesus is God. Another leading statement, Gen Z, refuses to support, as well as other religions. He wants you to betray believing in the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And you cannot separate these three. Out of the 3,200 and some denominations that are in the world today, 75% of them no longer believe this. We are sick. D nom In Asians. You look it up. He also wants us to betray believing in the indwelling power and life of Jesus Christ. By way of the Holy Spirit. By way of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Dominant mind, renewing weak mind. It takes the mind of Christ to renew the frailty mind of humans who think unusually, that their mind is more powerful than Jesus Christ because they tell Jesus Christ what he means by what he says. And if there's any listeners listening tonight that is in the habit of telling others what Jesus means by what Jesus says, you might stand corrected. Jesus doesn't need you. He can fully function on his own Think on his own, and he offers that to you as a free gift if you're indwelled by him. All you have to do is let go of your selfish, self-governed thoughts and release the Holy Spirit within you to actually use your brain to think the thoughts of Christ. That's how simple salvation is. He also wants us to betray, to actually remember the time when we received Jesus Christ into our life, which basically he wants us to doubt our salvation day in and day out. If you doubt your salvation, there's no way your salvation can work for you. There's just no way. Am I speaking illogically? Anyone who doubts their salvation does not believe in the release of the mind of Christ within them. That's just simple logic. So the enemy wants to use this doubting thing as a habitual habit so that you never tap into the true power source of the dominant mind renewing the frail mind. Great technique, Satan, but you are not the victor. He also wants us to betray the idea and reality that there is an enemy about us. And that he even exists. I think he's done a fairly good job of that one. Go ask your average person in church if they believe that if you do not ask Jesus Christ into your life and become a born-again Christian, you will go to hell and spend eternity with Satan. Say it that blunt. And I'd love to have you 6-0 to me because you're not going to get favorable responses. I am all about hellfire and damnation. And I will be until I die. And the only solution to hellfire and damnation is the indwelling life of Jesus Christ, the dominant mind renewing the frail mind. But if you think you're a God bigger than the dominant mind of Jesus Christ, you're in serious trouble. Okay, that is rising above the living God. And he does not take that lightly from any of us. Finally, he wants us to betray that we believe that people who do not accept Christ as Savior will go to hell. If he can remove the ideology of hell, he removes the ideology of himself. If he removes the ideology of himself, he literally takes the sting of the gospel away. It's gone. So here is the list. I'm going to go through this very quickly because I want to get to the prayer. These are the most common manifestations that have been discovered in demonic activity. A desire to curse, particularly in saying, God damn it, or Jesus Christ, in a vulgar tone. Of course, you never want to use God damn it in any kind of a tone because damnation is connected to God and it is interesting, in over 200 languages in the world today, God damn it and Jesus Christ are commonly first spoken profanity in their language. Now, there's a lot of profane words, as you know. But why is it that the two most common worldwide are damning God? And using Jesus Christ's name as if it's some kind of sword or weapon. I don't know about you, but I call that a duh. You think there's a little plan behind that? You think it's inspired from another resource in every one of those 200 plus languages? I think so. You're looking at it. It's better for you to come up with a different kind of word instead of God damn it, or Jesus Christ, you might want to come up with, I shoo it. I don't know. Come up with something. Because these are not to be used in vain. Secondly, desire to avoid reading or being devoted to the Bible. You say, oh, I just haven't been in the Word for a while, and blah, blah, blah. There might be a reason It's not always demonically related, but if it's a compulsive habit, you might want to take a second look. Experiencing compulsive sickness, very common one. The first place that Satan goes after is the human body. Count on it. It can be backed by scripture over and over and over and over and over. For some reason, the human body, since it's still bound to sin, that's why it doesn't go with us when we die and we go to heaven. It lays in the casket, and God lets the worms eat it. it becomes part of the food chain of the earth. It doesn't go with us. So this is his antenna. This is his, his way of reaching you. But see, the indwelling life through the soul... Can't be touched. And it biffs him every time. But he also knows that if he attacks your body enough and, and consistently, that you'll take your mind off heavenly things and set your mind on earthly things. What's that list of three things that James, Jesus' half brother, was saying was demonic wisdom? Earthly natural, and demonic. That's how he does it. Suicidal or murderous thoughts, deep feelings of bitterness and hatred, anger at the church or ministry leaders, desire to watch horror movies, blood and gore. Now why in the world would Satan be into blood and gore? I'll tell you. An author explained this to me from his perspective. The reason why the enemy is into blood and gore and, and holidays like Halloween that put an emphasis on blood and gore and death and blah, 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 is that he's setting up for the final battle so that people mentally will not react to violence anymore. Well, I don't know about you, but that twisted my mind up a little bit. That now we're so callous to to wars and rumors of wars and bloodshed and people murdering people in malls and churches. I mean, even in this community, the pastors have been meeting on a regular basis on how to beef up the security in these buildings because of threats we're experiencing. As you know, your own pastors had death threats from this community on me. What is this? Why is this happening in the church world today? You're staring at it. The more a community is under demonic oppression, the more these manifestations will be descriptive of the community. Attraction to music that promotes immorality or demonics. Demonics is a Hollywood term. They coined it. Demonics is a term of half human and half robotic or machine. It's called demonics. And it oftentimes has a spiritual message that comes through that transformer. It started out in using the term transformer, and now the Hollywood is referring to them as demonics. Integration of human bodies, with machines. There's another word for that, do you guys remember? Cyborging. Most popular science on the face of the earth. There's a reason. Compulsive thoughts of doing things you hate, desire to tear down other people, prone to tell lies and exaggerate. Terrifying feelings of guilt and worthlessness. Choking sensation without cause. Pains moving around in your body. Now keep in mind these are items that have been put together by a handful of theologians because of their experiences they have experienced in helping people suffering from demonic affliction. Feelings of tightness around the head or eyes. Dizziness, blackouts, fainting. Deep depression and or despondency. Panic attacks or abnormal fears. Dreams and nightmares that are evil. Attraction to the occult, video games, etc. Very popular today. Sudden surges of anger and violence, particularly in rages. Doubt of one's salvation. Compulsive desire for pornography. Habitual masturbation. Restless and insomnia. Self-inflicted injury enjoys pain. This is very popular with the millennial generation and now it's passed over to Gen Z. We used to call it cutting on yourself. That is old school. There's so many forms of self-inflicted pain that come with sexuality, that come with revenge. And yes, you can have revenge upon your own body because you hate yourself. Satan wants to destroy you. Authority conflicts or avoids being around Christians. Authority conflicts. Don't like being told what to do. Immoral images racing through your mind. Avoids praying out loud. Doubts regarding God's existence. Now, if you remember in some of the prayer sessions that we have had, even in our fellowship, I always ask the person to confess things out loud before I pray for them. What I'm doing, if you now look back, is I'm going down that first list. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is God? You see, a person who is severely oppressed by demonic forces cannot say those things. So oppression is, c- comes in ranks. There's some oppression that simply numbs your mind, and there's other oppression that literally will control your voice box. If you don't believe me, ask anyone who's been in ministry for 20 plus years. They have a problem when you lay the Bible on their lap. Etc., etc. That's why we take people through those steps to find out the level they're being controlled. Doubts regarding God's existence. It's interesting because that's the one thing He won't doubt, but He wants us to doubt it. Minimalizing Satan and his demons, tendency to laugh when others get hurt. Fantasizes about ways to get back at others. Homosexual thoughts includes group sex. Avoids attending a local church. Addictions to food, drugs, and any other kind of substance. An obsession with particular foods, diets, and particularly vegetarianism. So here's what I would like us to do. This is very critical, listener. Listener. You have the privilege of rewinding the podcast. Our people here locally do not have that privilege. So here's what I want us to do. You as a listener may need to go through the list and pray over it for a week, for a day, for an hour, I don't know. But I am asking you not to pray with us even though we're going to podcast this worldwide. I'm asking you not to pray this out loud with us unless you truly believe that you need to renounce these things. You will also see a few things on this list that are not going on in your life. There's nothing wrong with you still renouncing them. This is not a magic button. This is not a reset button. This is not going to do anything for you psychologically. What it will do is put the enemy at bay. So therefore, starting tonight when you leave this building, you will need to stand firm on that affirmation prayer. That affirmation prayer was set up for you for tonight. And only having three of you raise your hands that you have been doing this is extremely disappointing. I forewarned you tonight. The enemy does not play around with renouncing. You do. He does not. Anyone who plays around with renouncing agitates the enemy and there is even further attacks beyond your present list. That is the experience of most preachers. So do not renounce these things out loud unless you believe it is the best thing to do. It also does not mean that you will not suffer temptation in any of these items. Hopefully that's a duh. You will be tempted until the day you're dead. You will submit to some of those temptations until you're dead. This is not a reset button, as I said. This is coming before the living God and stating, I believe the enemy has no passageway in these following areas. When you leave tonight, or listeners online, you need to 602 me, or you can go to our website. And obtain the affirmation prayer. It's very lengthy, it's very positive, proclaims the doctrines of the living God through Christ Jesus in little paragraphs that are literally out of verses. For you to stand firm in your beliefs, because the enemy most likely will come and say, Yeah, you really believed that, didn't you? But tonight, if you look over these statements, I'm giving you about three minutes to look at your notes. Read over them again. And if you can say that it is a good idea in Christ Jesus to renounce these things, then when I began to pray this out loud, even for my own life, it's going to be a renewal for me and it may be a renewal for some of you. But it is always a good idea to stop the enemy at the doorway go ahead and read over Father we come before you boldly in the name of Jesus Christ Jesus we believe that you are literally the son of your father by seed Jesus we believe that you are God and Jesus, we believe that you represent the triune of God. We believe that you died on the cross and you provided a way of escape from eternal damnation from all of those you have selected to receive you into our lives. We believe, Jesus, that you have the power and authority to actually be the one standing at the doorway, not allowing the enemy to to bring these items into our consciousness or maybe even our behavior. We stand with you, Jesus, in your beliefs that you have with your Father. We know that the enemy is not afraid of us, but we know he is afraid of you and certainly shudders at the idea of there being only one God who is your Father. So we are doing this, claiming this, praying this, renouncing the enemy and the power and authority that has been given to you. If there's only two of you praying this prayer with me, I need to hear it. We are doing this out loud because the enemy has no power and ability to read your mind. There are no scriptures supporting that. That's why he hates believers praying out loud. He hates it. That's why we pray it out loud. Anytime I want the enemy to hear my little talk with Jesus, I talk out loud boldly. Shout it unto the Lord is what scriptures tell us. I renounce a possible desire to curse. I renounce a desire to avoid reading or being devoted to the Bible. I renounce experiencing compulsive sicknesses. I renounce potential suicidal or murderous thoughts. I renounce any deep feelings of bitterness and hatred. I renounce any possible anger at church or ministry leaders. I renounce desire to watch ungodly movies, reading literature or games. I renounce any potential media that promotes immorality or demonics. I renounce compulsive thoughts of doing things I hate. I renounce desire to tear other people down. I renounce temptations to lie or exaggerate. I renounce terrifying feelings of guilt and worthlessness. I renounce physical attacks on my body. I renounce using not feeling well to miss body life. I renounce feelings of exhaustion to avoid God's calling. I renounce human reasoning to excuse God's mandates. I renounce any temptations of depression or despondency. I renounce any attacks of panic or abnormal fears to avoid my spiritual gifting. I renounce all dreams, nightmares that are evil. I renounce any potential attraction to the occult. Video games, etc. I renounce sudden surges of anger or violent rages. I renounce doubting or rejecting the power of the indwelling Jesus, my salvation. I renounce any desire for immorality. I renounce any and all forms of self pleasure. I renounce restlessness and insomnia. I renounce any forms of self-inflicted injury. I renounce any temptations to avoid being around Christians. I renounce authority conflicts, particularly in not being told what to do. I renounce immoral images racing through my mind. I renounce avoiding spiritual authorities or resisting public prayers and sharing. I renounce doubts regarding God's existence. I renounce minimizing Satan and his demons. I renounce the temptation to laugh when others get hurt. I renounce fantasize about ways to get back at others. I renounce modern beliefs of same-sex mortalities. I renounce avoiding the attendance of local church gatherings. I renounce any possible addictions to foods, drugs, or other substances. I renounce any possible obsessions with particular foods, diets, and vegetarianism. If you are able to believe this, listener, I do want you to pray it. Whether you're driving down the road, or whether you're in a Bible study, or you're listening to this podcast in a church, this is one thing I really want every believer to publicly, out loud, confess, particularly after a renouncing prayer. Statements we believe as a body. We believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We believe that Jesus died on the cross for us. We believe that Jesus is God. We believe in the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We believe in the indwelling power and life of Christ by way of the Holy Spirit. We believe in a time when we ask Christ into our lives. We believe there is an enemy, Satan. We believe people who do not accept Christ as Savior will go to hell. Father, we thank you for the power of prayer. And I know tonight's message, I'm pretty certain for some listeners, was a bit weird outside of our norm for sure but father I know that it needed to be presented and I just ask that the Holy Spirit accomplish the very work in the hearts and minds who listen to this strong message tonight and become well pleased by what the spirit delivered and any words that came out of my mouth that were not of you And of your mind, I just pray that the people would forget supernaturally. But all that was delivered to them by you, I just pray they'd remember for eternity. Pray this in Jesus' name. Here's our identity matter statement for tonight. Listener, listen very, very carefully. Jesus ended the war with Satan on the cross over 2,000 years ago. In God's reality, there is no war. He finished his work on the day his son took his last earthly breath. So what's the big deal about spiritual warfare? Satan is a little slow on the uptake. It's the best way to say it. Hateful people create wars. But you need to understand something. This hateful God that is going to create a war in the end is not a war that God picked. It's a war he will finish. A great warrior and leader of God will finish wars that have been picked with them. But it takes a hateful person to pick a war with another. And it takes a true, unindwelt, unbelieving follower of Christ to pick a war with other indwelt believers. That's my first sign they're probably not truly indwelt. I deal with controversial People all the time. And I can list out for you on a piece of paper those who are very cordial, strong, immovable, that I respect. Because they're not out to pick a war with me, we're out to finish the same war. And we can have discussions for a very long time on that topic. It's called unity in the body of Christ. When you don't have unity, someone's not saved. 602-292-2982. Six zero two two nine two two nine eight two. It's like dealing with a rebel with a cause. The enemy continues to afflict us as if there is a war that is yet to be won. And saying all that, it's vital that we stand firm in our victorious position in Christ with our spiritual armor on, sword in hand, and battle ready. Why? Because there is a enemy who has lost his mind, who cannot have his mind renewed and those people are dangerous we're going to sing the song I believe again except we're going to go back to the original version some of my favorite guys sing the song shout it out, enjoy it and let this song minister to us as we close our service
2: time of desperation Fiction. we believe that he conquered death, we believe in the resurrection, and he's coming back again, we believe, so let our faith be more than anthems, greater than the songs we sing. and temptations We believe Father, we believe in Jesus Christ, we believe in the Holy Spirit.
1: For our podcast listeners, next week we're going to be covering a topic, I'm calling it the Spitting Contest. We're going to be dealing with the lukewarm church and really what the consequences of either being a lukewarm believer or lukewarm church. The ramifications are very serious. This will take us into another leg of our series that's going to take us right up to close to winter time. It is going to be the talk I've been telling you about that's coming called the Post-Truth Church. As you know, every one of our podcasts are being translated and transcribed, and it's going to be put into a book at the end of the year, actually the first of 2019, we're hoping, so there's no promises really, but it is a goal for us to have all of the Teachings put into print form and available in a book for you uh, the first of next year. So this is a critical piece of dealing with the lukewarm church. It seems to be how the whole thing is going to end in the long run, and it needs to be addressed in regard to our series. So we hope you join us next week as we talk about the spitting contest.